0: This is Colossus, and you are listening to The High Regard Show. (laughs) The High Regard Show. It's Dr. Dolph
1: Lundgren. Check out The High Regard Show. New episodes every Monday.
0: Hey everybody, I'm Tom. And
1: I'm Nikki. And
0: this is the High Regard Show.
1: In which we talk about things we hold in high regard. Very high. High above Harlem. Way up
0: on the third floor.
1: Moving on up.
0: Oh, it don't get better than that.
1: No, sir, it doesn't.
0: Happy anniversary, everyone.
1: Happy, happy, happy anniversary to us, the High Regard Show. It's our one year anniversary.
0: You know, when we first started this, I remember sitting across the table from Nikki in this very spot. And saying, "All right, I'm gonna turn the microphones on. <laughs> Let's make a podcast." And her looking back at me and saying, "About what?"
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: and then being so quiet. And I'm like, "You got to talk about something." And you just shrugging and saying, "I don't know what to do."
1: I was real big, like the first like we the first couple weeks, I was like real big on like shrugging and making faces at you and stuff. And I'm like, "I what?" Because I'm not used to being on this side of the microphone, you know? I'm usually listening to other people talk for, you know, my day job. So (laughs) I don't like being the one to talk, but look what happened.
0: (laughs) I was going to say, it's that you've always liked to talk. You've just never done it into a microphone.
1: And I still don't know how to do it into a microphone.
0: Because I feel like every time I'm editing, you're never short of questions or comments. Sometimes you'll just mumble something as I'm editing, and I'll take the headphones off, and I'm like, what? And then you're like... Oh, nothing. I heard a noise outside. And I'm like, and who are you talking to? Like, who are you telling that you heard a noise outside? I'm
1: going to tell you something that, you know, maybe it's time that you know this about me. I lived alone before you came along into my life. I lived alone for 10 years. Yes. 10 years. So I was single for 10 years. So I only had, like, you know, my friends to talk to. But, like, I lived alone and I liked being alone. So, like, I talked to myself. I admit it.
0: Uh, you do a lot of talking to yourself, but somehow you kind of drag people into your conversation. It's kind of like you throw a net out. It's kind of like, <laughs> I'm going to make a comment about a cat. And then <laughs> I'm going to see. Talk- Cause <laughs>
1: that's what I do. I talk about big cats.
0: I feel like there's a lot of conversations that you start with a cat. Like, and then I'll like, I'm like, what? And you'll be like, oh, nothing, I just heard a noise outside. And I put the headphones back (laughs) on, and you're like, oh, it was a cat. And I'm like, take the headphones off, what? And you're like, it was a cat, nothing, don't worry about it. And I'm like, well, then why did you bring it up in the first place, man?
1: Dude, you know that the feral cats in our neighborhood sound like dying babies. Oh, I
0: do know that, but the fact of the matter is that... Cat in
1: the wallet.
0: (laughs) You still gotta get the show edited. So, it is our honor that you are listening to us today after one year of shows and we made it this far even with nikki shrugging in the beginning and not being able to talk in the microphone (laughs) towards the end
1: thinking you guys could see it (laughs) which still happens it does literally all the time
0: like you'll just shrug and i'll be like just shaking my head like nobody knows what the (laughs) hell you're saying right now Nikki
1: making air dead since october 2015 (laughs) oh my
0: god So, again, thank you. We've lined up, I feel like, a very, very special. Like, you know, we appreciate all of our guests, as you know. Absolutely, yeah. Like, we've learned,
1: we've got to talk to a lot of really cool people over the past year.
0: And I feel like some of them, like, we look at and we're like, going, oh my God, like, this is like huge. This one, I feel like, is crazy huge from a personal standpoint for sure exactly because
1: we have been fans of this guy for i mean i'm going on like for god's sakes like 20 years like i have been a fan of this guy for almost 20 years just like wow and when we got the chance to interview him it was just like holy shit holy shit holy shit
0: yeah and look here's how it works out usually Nikki gets, like, a press release, she'll read it, and then she'll say to me, like, what do you think about this person? And then it's kind of like, yay, and or nay, or whatever, you know, see if we have room for him. When she said this, I was like, yeah, I'm not holding my breath. Like, because it's, like, not somebody you'd expect, you know, because every once in a while, like, this, you get, like, this influential thing coming through, and it's like, here it is. Right. And on the one-year anniversary, like, it couldn't have landed at a better time for exactly. us. Exactly. Like, it's a celebration, man
1: break good times. Come on.
0: Oh. So, why don't we get into Are you heard? So we can stop Nikki from singing.
1: <laughs> You're not going to stop. It's our anniversary. And an anniversary is technically like a birthday. And you know no, how it is. No, it's not. I'm like Archer on my birthday.
0: No, it's not like your birthday. Because we cannot. Aging Dr. <laughs>
1: Boy. Dr. Birthday Boy.
0: <laughs> there is no way we could celebrate the anniversary for an entire month. Like, it's, it's today. Like, this is the anniversary show. And the next week is just a show.
1: a good guest we have
0: good we have good guests coming up it's
1: not just a show it's never just a show it's always the best show our episodes are always the best (laughs) (laughs)
0: i feel like every time i'm done editing i'm always like this one is really like oh my god this one like took it (laughs) to another level and then you know the following week it's like well how good was it if this week was better than last week i don't know
1: but i think that's how it's supposed to be it's a progression man
0: it is a progression.
1: Well, happy anniversary, Tom.
0: Well, happy anniversary, Nikki. And happy anniversary to you, the listeners, for dealing with this for an entire <laughs> year.
1: Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. And we are very excited to get this week's show
0: underway. Well, let's do it.
1: Okay. You heard. <laughs> Yeah Okay, this week's You heard is going to be just completely out of context because it goes with this week something that this week's guest talks about. and I'll have to explain a little bit later. But this was heard on Broadway between Franklin and Leonard Streets. I don't want to lay down with that on my stomach.
3: <laughs>
1: okay. And that's this week's You
0: <laughs> Well, I feel like there's a lot of a mystery.
1: There is a mystery.
0: And in my head... I'm picturing, like, our studio space to look like the studio space of, like, let's say, the Eric Andre show, was just chaos all over the floor, <laughs> just broken shit, but there's, like, that red velvet, like, curtain, like, behind us, and we're sitting at a desk, and we're all very professional and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but we're really, you know, a small table and stuff, and... To, like I said, to get somebody like this, it's fantastic. Nikki, would you please do the honor of opening up the curtain a little bit and letting this interview come out from behind?
1: I'll let the cat in the wall out of the bag. <laughs> this week's guest is, you know, you'll recognize him from so many different things, but it's comedian, Brian, comedian actor, writer, comic book writer, etc., so forth, true Renaissance man. Brian Passane, who just released um, his new album, his new comedy album, "Criminally Pusain. Um, It came out actually in August on Audible Channels. It had an early release screening on Audible Channels, and it's um, being. It was released on September twenty third um, through all digital you know outlets. So you can find it now and just listen to it. It is fucking hilarious, like i could I was dying when I was listening to it. like it was so, so, so funny. And the bit that um, you know, I kind of like alluded to and you heard it, it it kind of you know pays homage to a story that he told about his son. Waking him up one morning when he oh, was lying in bed yeah. with his wife. <laughs> so
0: please download the album so you can hear that story. Because <laughs> I to. feel like just for that story alone,
1: <laughs> it was just oh my god! Like, and you could hear the horror of the audience, but then Nick, like, you could also hear him trying to explain because like, it is funny. But you're just like oh my god! Like I'm so glad this did not happen to me. <laughs> <laughs> so without further ado. Let's talk to Brian Passane and see what's up with his new album and what else he has going on.
0: Let's roll that bean footage.
3: Hello.
2: Hi, Brian. How are you?
3: I'm good. How are you doing?
2: Good, good. Thank you so much for speaking with the High Regard Show. We really, really appreciate it. Of course. So, um, I'd love to start off by talking about Kumi Hussein, which was released last month via Audible, and will have its wide release on September 23rd. How long was this album in the work? That one,
3: uh, I think, about a year and a half, two years. Uh, my uh, my turnaround is gotten a lot shorter on generating new material, and so that was kind of the quickest at this point um between uh-huh. records and, um so after I recorded the farthest, I immediately started writing new stuff, but uh that's what criminally posting is
2: great, and did you approach you know this album differently than you did um twenty thirteen's the fartest you know, like have you changed the way that you're writing and your writing process like as you progress with albums?
3: uh yeah but no, it it's just sort of organically happened i mean as I get older i my style hasn't changed intentionally but i but I've noticed that um especially on criminally Post, uh that last record and the and then the new material I'm recording right now uh I feel like I've kind of uh gone the storyteller route or you know i'm not i wouldn't call myself a straight storyteller but my bits are not just, like, short chunks anymore. They're, or they're, they're like, longer bits. And right. Short. And, uh, like, if you even look at, like, how many jokes or, you know, joke titles I had on, like, the first record compared mm-hmm. to this one, I feel like uh, I've kind of gone, I don't know, like, rushed the band kind of... They started writing longer songs. The older they got, I feel like I could <laughs> write
2: older or longer bits,
3: sort of like Rush. <laughs> and, um,
2: <laughs> and, you know, what is your writing process? Is it something that you do every day? You know, are you constantly observing the world around you? Do you set times for yourself? What's that process?
3: It's changed. I mean, when I was real young, uh, I would write with other comics. You know, when we were all young, we would get together, and and I haven't done that kind of thing in a long time. Mm -hmm. Or I haven't, like, sat down and forced myself to write in a long time. Um, uh, For me, my favorite stuff that I've written in the last 10 years or so has just been, you know, stuff that just hits me. So. Right. But what that that entails, though, is kind of waiting around for ideas or, you know, and then also when you're telling stories based on funny things that happen to you, you kind of have to wait around for things to happen to you, you know. (laughs) Right. Your wife to do something or your son to say something (laughs) stupid that you can hope you can uh, get five minutes out of, you know. Uh, (laughs) It's it's a weird thing um, kind of finding yourself just, when you when you're hoping that life gives you material, you you know, then you get to a certain point when you do have to kind of self-generate. If that makes sense, yeah. You know?
2: Well, do you do you bait your wife into hoping that she gives you something <laughs> funny to come back with?
3: No, but no, but I I feel like you you uh, you definitely stay on your toes and more aware of like oh my god something has to happen. And, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um. Not so much criminally possible, but I've recorded since then, or I haven't recorded it yet, but uh, I am already have an hour of material this year just since I recorded that. And, oh my uh, gosh. That came about from kind of forcing myself to try to think of topics that I haven't uh, tackled before. You know, right. so many of my friends have uh, touched on politics, and that was something that I always stayed away from. Mm-hmm. For a couple of reasons, but uh, I feel like this is the year to kind of uh, uh, let it be known uh, how I can.
2: <laughs> Definitely, everybody else is. So it's like, and not just comedians.
3: <laughs> no.
2: Yeah, I mean it's ripe. People I mean it's a, such a funny.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's such a crazy year, but.
2: And uh, you recorded this album as part of Comic-Con in San Diego. You know, what was that like? And, you know, did you get a chance to go to Comic-Con and kind of geek out and be a fan yourself?
3: Well, I kind of don't need to at this point (laughs) because I've been going to Comic-Con for so long. Right. uh, And uh, I'm one of those nerds that's like, ah, it used to be better. But... uh, You know, I have some friends that are so old and cranky they don't even go anymore. But uh no, I was able to uh you know, now I'm I'm looking at Comic Con a different way. Uh I have a, a young uh I have a young nerd in my house. Uh, <laughs> he, he was uh he was six when I recorded that. So uh he and I uh went to the con together and that was uh, that was the first time he went with me. So that was a blast it's the and so oh, I did get, awesome. to answer your question. I did get to uh, partake in the nerdiness with, um, <laughs> awesome. with my little uh, my little mini nerd uh, <laughs> at the Lego table
2: and all that. Awesome. Logo, me, yeah, yeah. And and you know that kind of like what you said kind of brings me to my next question. You know, nerddom is so mainstream right now. Is there a yeah. downside to having geek interests be so much more popular now than ever before? To people who were in this just all along?
3: I don't think there's a downside. No it's, it's to me, I, I don't see a negative to it. I mean you know, would I have liked to have been treated better when I was young <laughs> as a nerd? Would I would I've liked to if people understand me? Would I have liked to if hot girls had iHeart Nerd T shirts when <laughs> I was seventeen? Uh, yeah, but I'm not going to be the bitter old nerd and go, Wah, you know? I, I, uh, I, instead, I enjoy uh, how popular everything is. I mean, I love that there's all these these G- shows on TV that I love that I can watch a Green Arrow show, and I love that I can watch The Flash and, you know, and all the Marvel stuff, and I love right. how popular that is now. And, I mean, sure, we might all get burned on it at some point, and, you know, sure. the quality is always going to be 100%, too, but uh, I love uh, how it is. And, and as a comic book writer, mm-hmm. I really appreciate uh, how there's young fans now, which is something like even 10 years ago, if you went into a comic book shop, there weren't 16-year-old kids walking around a comic shop. There just weren't. And mm-hmm. and now they are, it's guys and girls. And uh, comics are, that geek culture, I, I like, again, I, I see no downside to it. Being a geek is just, it's just a cool time to be a geek and, be, and have all these <laughs> things that you love, you know, because I've always viewed geekiness and nerdiness as obsessions. And, uh, right. fun to have these obsessions that other people uh, share with you, you know.
2: Right, absolutely. And, and, you know, as you've seen, you know, kind of geek culture change over the past decade or so, you know, how would you say that the comedy industry has changed since you started your career, you know, and would you say that it's for the better or worse?
3: God, well it's changed a w uh it's changed several times. So mm-hmm. I mean I've been doing it so long that I started at kind of a terrible time. I started uh, uh I don't even want to say, but uh nineteen eighty seven was the year I started and, and comedy was super huge. It was everywhere, it was uh, you know, and uh then it died in uh around ninety three. And we all had to struggle. and We all had to uh, get funnier and figure out other things to do and, and uh, start writing. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, so that – I'm happy that happened because I might not have ever worked on Mr. Show or any of the other things. Right. I on. And then, uh, you know, it's come back a couple of times. and. I love where it's at. I mean, I love that there's a huge alternative scene, but there's also a giant mainstream scene, and that's the fact that there's so many, like, really funny people that I've known for probably, you know, a lot of them uh, <laughs> since they started. Right. You know, it's nice to see that there can be, um, you know, headliners at Gaffigan's level and Schumer's level and, uh, you know, playing those giant places, and, and uh, there's there's room for everybody. You know, it's not. Right. Nice. I feel like it's not as competitive as it was. Well, I mean, there's more, and so you would think it would be more competitive, but it, but it, uh, to me, and it might be also that I'm an old man and I live in the valley and I'm not, like, uh, you know, talking to other comics that much. But to me, I think it, it's cool that there's so much of it.
2: Right. And do you think that social media kind of helps, or do you think it adds a little bit more pressure, too?
3: I think it helps well. I mean, I think, uh, yeah, the fact that there's Twitter stars, that there's people that got into comedy these other ways, you know. Mm -hmm. There's a part of me that gets cranky about it that's like, (laughs) how many times have you been on stage, and you know, because... When we were young, when we, a lot of my generation, especially FaceTime, is so important. So that, I mean, it was hard at first when I when there were YouTube stars. Like, the first time I saw, like, a Bo Burnham, I was like, hey, this kid started writing jokes in his house, and, you know, now he's headlining it. And I was a little bit like,
2: what the heck?
3: You know, but now, (laughs) I don't really care. It doesn't bother me. I'm not losing any sleep over it, you know. If Fair you're funny, enough. you're funny. If you're funny, you're funny, and and God bless you for finding an audience. You know.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. And as a metalhead, if you had to pick one album to listen to for the rest of your life, what would it be? Ride the lightning. Ride the lightning.
3: Ride the lightning by Metallica.
2: <laughs> All right. And why would you pick that?
3: Did you notice I finished it before you? I did. <laughs> That's a super easy one. I mean, it's just, uh as far as metal records, you know, I don't just listen to heavy metal. I'm also a giant Rush fan and all that stuff uh, and Pixies and all that. But if, since we're saying metal, that's the first one I think of. Uh That's the one that I probably played more already. I mean, uh, I might as well have only had one record because
2: uh,
3: <laughs> my entire collection. That's definitely the Metallica record i played the most and probably, I mean, if, Iron Maiden would be up there too, but, uh, I can rest easily. A, yeah. Red light. Okay.
2: <laughs> and, you know, you're such a true Renaissance man. I mean, with writing and acting, you know, acting, <laughs> comedy, voice work, comics, you know, is there a realm left for Brian to conquer?
3: Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, I'm to do more movie stuff, you know, uh, at this point I haven't had a, a thing in theaters with my name on it, you know, run, running, run, uh, was a bunch of us mm-hmm. and it never made it to theaters. It, uh, <laughs> was, uh, went directly to DVD. So it would be, it would be nice. Uh, I'm working on a feature and, and it would, I, hopefully that gets made, and, uh, uh can't talk much more about it other than All that, right. but I, and, and I've always wanted to do, um, since I'm such a horror fan, I've been in horror movies, but it, uh, mm-hmm. it, it would be huge to direct and write one at some point. And, uh, ideas, and that's something I feel like I could, uh, it wouldn't be straight horror, but there would definitely be comedy elements to it. But uh, that's something I feel like before I'm done, before I retire, I would like to uh, I would like to try that. Yeah.
2: That sounds awesome. I think that a lot of fans would definitely like to see your take on a horror comedy. So I look forward to hopefully talking to you about that someday in the future. Right on. And with everything you've got your hands in, you know what does downtime look like for you? Like, do you have something called downtime?
3: Yeah. Oh, for sure. And, and being a dad, I I uh, I make sure that I do. Uh, you know, that's a, a super important thing to me. I mean, even though I'm on the road a lot, um, some days are, like, the most important thing to me, and, and that's uh, just to be with my, my son and my wife and my crazy dogs all day, uh, you know, whether <laughs> it's just staying at the house and swimming and that kind of stuff. Or, you know, I even like going to Target with my family because uh, <laughs> I, I really I do. I do. It sounds funny, but at this point, I, I you know, really value the moments that I'm here you know
2: absolutely that's awesome and I know and I, have a lot of
3: hobbies. I, I play guitar I uh but I'm, I'm you know that kind of stuff and, and then I do stuff with my kid we're, we're always involved in Lego projects and I'm uh, trying to teach them to like good music and that kind of thing and you know
2: oh cool very cool well, that's awesome. And, and you know, finally, um, of all the characters that you've played throughout all the facets of your career, which is one that you would like to hang out with?
3: <laughs> um, wow. That's a good question. Uh, yeah. The <laughs> obvious one would be Brian from Sarah Silverman because it's really me, <laughs> just hanging out with myself, a gay version of myself. Like, <laughs> Kubak from Mission Hill. Okay. Uh, he was uh, he was, he was kind of the proto hipster. Uh, you
2: know,
3: I, I would hang out with that dude.
2: All right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Brian. It was so great to talk to you. I've been a big fan for more years than right. I think either of us want me to admit. So, okay. you know, it was really, really great talking to you. Thank you cool. so thank much. Well, thank you. Great question. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Have a great rest of your day, and I look forward to, to seeing that movie someday. All right. thanks. All
0: right. So we're back.
1: I loved it. I loved it. I know.
0: <laughs> you know, it's like crazy because, again... You know, you get to do a lot of the interviews because of your schedule, like the way it is. Yeah, because you know, what else
1: am I doing? <laughs> well,
0: even before that, like you, you worked overnight. Yeah. So, like when you were working overnight, you were able to reach these people yeah, during the day it and stuff out. It works like out. that. Yeah. And you know, let's face it. Between the two of us, you are definitely the veteran interviewer for sure. I am. So you know. I'm jealous of the fact that I was not involved in this one. <laughs>
1: I'm sorry. Like, like because it seriously. would have been like I think the three of us would have definitely had like a really good conversation.
0: But I also think it might have like been a much shorter interview because, like, I feel like when there's three people, one the, of them's a turd. Well, no, it's not even that. It's just that <laughs> when there's three people like in the mix, it's kind of like the person being interviewed like is getting questions from two people so it slows it down a little bit yeah so so i feel like it couldn't have gone better with you doing it and well thank you my god man your questions were great throughout the whole entire thing thank you i mean you know even brian said it it was like
1: and that's like the greatest like not to just you know be an asshole or whatever but you that's the greatest compliment that anybody that you know that i think i personally think that's the greatest compliment a journalist could ever hear is that like that's a great question because you know he's probably he's done a lot of press about this album and that like that day yeah like you know <laughs> so it's like you know they talked to a bunch of people on a day and it's like always the same questions over and over and over and like i always try to find something that just goes a little bit deeper because it's like i know that you, you don't want to be talking to 15 people in a row you know get off one call turn on the like you know So it's, like, you try to find that to, like, say, like, wow, like, this person really, you know, wasn't just, like, it wasn't just somebody, like, doing an interview to write a story. It's somebody who really, like, was interested in what they were talking about. And maybe because I've been a fan of his since Just Shoot Me, like, you know, maybe that added a little bit to it, too.
0: Well, that's what's so insane. Like, you know, um, one of the things about Brian is, is that, like... His name isn't necessarily known known to mm-hmm. like the mainstream like definitely to the geek world to nerds to oh, com- yeah. like he's totally known to people who like like um you know mostly outrageous comedy I would mm-hmm. say like underground comedy like Sarah silverman like oh yeah you know like Mr show like those kind of things you know like that's not like mainstream. it's not like the stuff that you're gonna find like you know on mainstream TV like every single day. It's not like... Right. That kind of stuff. But when you see his face, you're like, oh, my God, I totally yeah. know that guy because he is fucking everywhere. Exactly.
1: And he has a face that you know. And, for, for example, I, like, you know, Tyler came home from school and she was like, oh, how was your day? Blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, my God, I had a really great interview. And she said, oh, with who? And I said the name and like it didn't register. And I'm like, you know him. And I, tur- I, I brought it up. um, I brought up his picture on Google and she was like, oh, my God, I love him from this Harris Silverman show. And I'm like.
0: Which is so weird weird because Tyler is... 17 years old. I mean, the Sarah Silverman show has been off the air like for so long, I feel like.
1: you always watched inappropriate things with your kids (laughs) when they were little, so. I'm trying to set them up for the future. I mean,
0: I feel like I did a good job setting her up for the future, for sure.
1: Definitely. So is Sarah Silverman, like the Sarah Silverman show, is that where you, no, because you were a Mr. Show fan.
0: Yeah, I was a Mr. Show fan. And I didn't get into Mr. Show
1: until like last year when, or earlier this year. When I made you watch it? Yeah, because like we tried to watch it and I just, like I don't know, like my comedy tastes have changed over the last like two years or so. So when you tried to show me that like earlier in the relation, early in our relationship, I was like, I don't like this, this is what like ridiculous. And then, you know, through my love of arrested development and then, you know, better call Saul and stuff like that, like I I fell in love with Mr. Show and then, you know, Bob and David. So
0: yeah, and, and that's the thing with his career. He has been in so many things. So many things. That I feel like if you asked 20 people where they know Brian from, like probably 15 of them will say either like Mr. Show or Sarah Silverman Sara mm-hmm. Show. Because
1: they both were such cult shows.
0: And then easily the other five, it, it's it's like a shotgun blast. It could be from Anywhere.
1: Well, yeah, because like I said, like I loved um, Just Shoot Me because, you know, I was a young aspiring writer. This was about, you know, a fashion magazine, um, like the staff at a fashion magazine. And he played Kevin Liotta, who was later found to be a like relative of Ray Liotta. And, you know, he was the mailroom clerk. He was in love with um, Nina Van Horn, who was Wendy Malick's character. And Wendy was, like, the sassy older woman who just was, like, so just saucy. And she always, like, you know, was very, very sarcastic. And he had a big crush on her. And it was just... I loved that show so much. And that was my first introduction to Brian. And every time he's ever popped up in something, I'm like, holy shit, that's the guy from Just Shoot Me. And then it was like, he's on Sarah (laughs) Silverman. He's on this. And it's like... But he's so much more than just the actor that you see.
0: Yes, which we will get into on this week's Did You Know for okay. sure. Okay, <laughs> So just <laughs> hold will- your horses before <laughs> you ruin my whole segment, for Christ's <laughs> sakes.
1: Awesome <Madonna. laughs> That's a good idea. <laughs>
0: but I mean, this is like the coolest thing about doing the podcast. Because again, when we first started, it was like, what are we going to talk about? You know what I mean? Yeah, and
1: it was just us kind of, like, talking about shit that made us angry, like, that week, which is always something. There's always fodder.
0: I feel like that's still it a lot (laughs) of It is, yeah, because,
1: like, we'll get off on our tangents. Tom's tangents. Yes. Which should be a totally different segment. (laughs) That
0: could very well be. (laughs) But, I mean,
1: you know, we didn't, we
0: had ideas of what we wanted it to be. I mean, everybody, like, nobody starts something and doesn't have, like, a target, you know? listening to talk radio growing up i mean i listened to a lot a lot of talk radio because at night times when i was younger i would listen to the radio at night and my parents if i had music on would come in the room and make me turn the radio off but i realized for whatever reason that if i kept the radio on like low and had it like on a talk radio station like just as like background comfort sound Mm -hmm. for whatever reason they wouldn't pick up on it that i was listening to the radio and i would listen to like the
1: strange. like how old were you like why wouldn't you why weren't you allowed to listen to the radio
0: well it wasn't that i wasn't allowed to listen to the radio but i wasn't allowed to be up at two o'clock in the morning when i was like you know nine years old because you know i was supposed to be in bed
1: okay yeah
0: so like i used to listen to these weird shows about like ufo abductions and cults and just like strange things like that and i'd be like oh man it's like so strange that Somebody has a job of just talking to people. In
1: the middle of the night.
0: Yeah. And then as I got older and stuff, and, you know, of course, everybody grew up, well, at my age for the most part, grew up knowing who Imus was, and I knew who, like, Howard Stern was, and Mm -hmm. then I became a huge, huge Opie and Anthony fan. And, I mean, it's just this progression where it's like, if I can do anything like that, that would be great. But- you don't think that you're ever going to get to the point where you're going to get, you know, these people on who you admired for years mm-hmm. and do it. Like, I mean, like I said, we have loved every guest that we've had on.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, for Except sure. Except for maybe
0: one. And we'll do a show one day about <laughs> that. <laughs> there will be a special five-year anniversary show <laughs> where we could talk about, like, because I feel like the Statue of Libertations at that point will be wrong. long <laughs> But – You know, looking back now, it's kind of like I didn't think we would get to the point where we'd be actually able to talk to people who we admired as much Mm -hmm. as we do these people, because a lot of our show, let's face it, is basically bringing awareness to the public. And in a lot of instances, it's also the awareness to us. Like when a press release comes out, it's kind of like, "Hey, we want to tell you about the show. Do you think it's something that you would like to pass on to your audience? Because we think it would work out for both of you. Right. And, and it it has. It I mean, it's been awesome. But something like this, it's it's like something that we would have hunted for.
1: Yeah, like it was, or like we might not have even thought that we could, you know, do it. And
0: right, because we have a wish list of oh, people, yeah. and we're just like, you know. Who knows? But then after this, it's kind of like, might as well just go for it all, right?
1: Yeah, man. It's all or nothing. (laughs) What's that song from, like... What's that song from, um... Oh, my God, that arm wrestling movie. Who is Is, it? Doesn't it have, like... Is
0: it Bonnie Tyler?
1: No, it's not Bonnie Tyler, but I love Bonnie Tyler.
0: (laughs) I don't know why.
1: Oh, my God. (laughs) Totally Clips of the Heart, man. That's a a friggin' great song.
0: All right, let's get back to Brian, because that's just ridiculous. Well, first of
1: all, you were the one that got us on a tangent, Tom.
0: Well... this is a good segue into what Brian said about longer bits, which is <laughs> what, what he has Thanks, also Brian. <laughs> evolved into. Like, he has evolved into a longer bit teller, which is a skill that is not easy. I mean, you and I know we've been through a shit ton of comedy clubs over the last year, especially over feel, the last year. I feel
1: that we, and by we, I mean you, I feel that we've gotten, like, pretty good at reeling back in. Because, like, in the beginning, like, it would just be like... On and on and on and on and on. I mean, like there are some stories like just that, now. <laughs> that some stories that you just will not take my clues of eye rolling and hand gestures to just yeah, wrap just look it up. away. I don't need
0: to look at you. <laughs> like I know what I'm doing, but like you know his you know ability to do like long form comedy. Mm-hmm. It is hard, man, and especially having gone to school this year for it. Everybody tells you do not do long form comedy because it is almost impossible to keep an audience for, you know, a long time, you know, engaged Mm -hmm. in a story. And we've seen it. We've gone to comedy clubs where we've seen Mm -hmm. like really, really high end comics Mm -hmm. who will start off and you'll be totally invested in the story. And then like, you know, six minutes in, you're kind of like. All right. Do you got anything else? Because, I mean, it's good, but I
1: feel like yeah. we need to
0: move on from here.
1: Yeah. And I mean, like, in his album, um, Criminally Pussain, really, you know, it's just, like, it, it's stories, but then, like, the punchline just comes, like, like, you never reach that point where it's like, where is this going? Like, his timing is just brilliant.
0: And you talk to him about baiting people into material. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I feel like with his personality
0: It would be so easy for him to bait people
1: Yeah I mean cause he is so Like just snark Like he could be snarky like. But he's
0: dry and like yeah. unassuming Where at a point where like you would approach him And then he can just kind of like pull you <laughs> in Just to get material out of you To see your reaction on yeah. this So um, what else do I have here as far as notes
1: I don't know I, I can't read your writing either babe I <laughs> <laughs>
0: I like the fact that he brought his kids to Comic-Con for mm-hmm. the first time this year. Yeah. I remember when I bought my kids to Comic-Con for the first time.
1: <gasps> Mario Lopez. <laughs>
0: mm, yes, and this is the Mario Lopez moment of the show. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, like, it is, you could, you could go to, like, any big convention, and the first couple of times you go, it's, like, exciting and stuff. Mm-hmm. And by the third time you go to it, you're like, ugh, man, like, I just don't care anymore to go back to comic-con like i'm at the point in my life right now where it's great for um you know for stories yeah content yeah
1: when we went as you know civilians um because i like the first year that i went i think we covered it like we took pictures and stuff so like we didn't have like interviews or anything like that we just interviewed people like on the floor and we talked to like vendors and attendees and stuff And I was like, oh, my God, Comic-Con, it's crazy, and blah, blah, blah. But, like, as someone who was never really, like, that big of a comic book person, like, I loved going there because it was right when, like, Marvel was really getting, like, you know, with Captain America was coming out and the Avengers was coming out, and I was, like, really, really excited about that. And I liked it better when we were in the press area doing the press interviews. Oh, yeah. And, like, I just, I don't like people. I don't like being around that many people. And, like, everybody has a prop that gets, like... You get hit with a skunk.
0: Sh- you get like <laughs> what a skunk?
1: <laughs> a s- wait, no, I always say it wrong. You like get hit sickle. with a skunk? No, like you know, like people like dress like they have like the big like things like Death has, like when they dress up, like they have like the big things like the sickle, like a sickle. yeah, a sickle. I got
0: gotcha. you. Okay, so you get hit with a sickle. There's your yeah, story. That's my story. But when you go with a kid, for the f- especially a kid who's never been there before, it's like an incredible experience I'm because. Sure. You know what it's like? It's kind of like if you do a lot of crack.
1: As we are wont to do, yes. Like... <laughs> That's what I picture Yes, it I being know it like. well. That's
0: what I picture it being like, and I knew you would. <laughs> but I picture it being like that, where there's so much sensory overload. Especially, like, for a kid who's trying to just learn to process things in general. Yeah. You know? And then you bring them to someplace like Comic-Con, and it's just, like, sensory overload. Yeah.
1: And his son was six at the time, so that is just, like... That must've yeah. been like a hyena.
0: But I mean, it's awesome that, you know, he was able to do that. And and look, man, we've talked about this in the past too. Not every kid should be going to Comic-Con cause some of your kids suck ass. <laughs> like some of your kids are just God awful. And I'm calling you out on it. If your kid is one of those kids, don't bring him anywhere.
1: I know someone that you're thinking but, about. No, but I'm just saying just in general, if
0: if your kid is has the mental capacity at age six to go to Comic-Con. And you get there. And once you're there, they can understand, like, what the concept, or at least get an a roundabout concept of all the stuff that is going on around them. It's just going to inspire them to do more in life down the road. Because they've seen something so big Hi. that when other people their age growing up starts telling them, like, we can't do something because of this. They can reflect on something so massive like this and be like, dude, you could do anything. Like I was at a building when I was six years old and there was a guy with a sickle just swiping at people for no reason whatsoever. (laughs) Like you could literally do anything in this world.
1: There you go. (laughs) Good story, bro.
0: Thank you um let's see what else um uh, did you ever
1: try printing i
0: was thinking about doing some printing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like I you should like, if i could uh, just i don't know man. if i could just like like just explain the mood right now tom has his laptop open with a piece of paper with his chicken scratch written on it and we have a light on and he's squinting trying to understand his own writing you should have been a doctor i wish you were a doctor
0: If I was a doctor, I'd be able to diagnose myself. I probably wouldn't be starving right now. There you go. Well, that's not the way it is, though. (laughs) Let's talk a little bit about um, horror comedy, which is something that Brian wants to get into, which I know that my. Mario Lopez. Not my Mario Lopez, but I was going to say <laughs> one of my other uh, people who I hold in high regard has gotten into over the past years and uh, didn't do so great at it. Kevin Smith. I mean, oh. you know, he's another guy who tried to get Why into the horror do comedy do we have type to thing.
1: talk about this? <laughs> because... It's our anniversary
0: and this is how you treat me? <laughs> because I feel like if we're going to bring up horror comedy, we have to bring up Tusk. Because of how disturbing it
1: is. I'm, going, I'm like trying, like I'm like blocking my ears.
0: I mean, it is definitely a genre, which there's just not a lot of success in for the most part. So I, I love the fact that somebody like Brian is like going, no, man, I'm not going to shy away from... That because it hasn't been that successful in the past, I still feel like I'd want to take it on, and I feel like at some point somebody's going to come up with the formula that is going to like make a good horror comedy that's going to set the standards for all other com- horror comedies mm-hmm. going forward.
1: So why not let it be him? Yeah, I think it would be great. I and as long as it doesn't involve somebody getting made into a walrus with their own skin, <laughs> like I am all for it. I will never get that out of my head. Like, I will never, like, unsee that. And I I hate Kevin Smith for that. Listen. Which we've talked about in a past show, so I'm not going to get any further. I just
0: want to break it down for you. Please don't. The genre is called horror comedy. Horror is the very first part. I understand the horror. If it didn't disturb you, it wouldn't have been the horror aspect of it. It would have been a comedy.
1: The horror. And we
0: know he can slam dunk a comedy. I mean, Kevin Smith and Brian Question. both can slam dunk a comedy. That's Kevin not Kevin Smith thing.
1: questionable on some, on some occasions. On some occasions, I'm allowed to have my opinion. It's
0: it's a false opinion. It's a false <laughs> oh opinion. Oh, my God. Okay. It is invalid. Kevin Smith is awesome as far as comedy okay. goes. Okay, okay, so. okay,
1: okay, okay. Tom is very hungry right now so I should not poke the bear that has an empty stomach that is that's... shrinking. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I feel like if you hit my stomach with a pencil right now it would make like a tin sound like
1: ping maybe yeah I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get close enough to do it
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's a good idea one last thing what would be if you had to listen to one album forever what would it be
1: me yeah I mean I because I asked, yeah, I asked him about his metal album, and he yeah. picked,
0: And he picked Ride the Lightning, and I c- kind of cringed a little bit, because I know your thoughts on Metallica.
1: Yeah, it's it's not more, it's, it's more a Lars Ulrich problem. Like, I, I have a major problem with Lars Ulrich. I mean, aside from just his... Internet. Because
0: he ruined Napster?
1: <laughs> no. He did know. ruin Napster. He, I, dude, I just got, like, you know, an iPhone, what, like, a couple years ago? So, like, that, I missed out on all of that, like, downloading shit, like... I don't even know how to upload shit to my iPhone. Like, you do that stuff for me. Like, I'm completely mental when it comes to that. But I loved the Black album. I really did. Like, I thought that was such a killer album. The video, for one, used to scare the shit out of me when I was a kid. But Lars, when Lars said, like, all those years ago, I don't even even remember when it was, but it was, like, years ago. It might have even been on, like, a Behind the Music or, like, some interview or something. Somebody asked him, like who, like, something about, like, the Led Zeppelin of your generation. And he's like, we're the Led Zeppelin of our generation. And it's like, no, because the Led Zeppelin of any generation is Led fucking Zeppelin. It's not Metallica. Like...
0: Actually, the Led Zeppelin of any generation is any blues man from the fifties that they stole music from
1: over the years. It was earlier than the fifties, thank you very much. Robert Johnson was earlier than that, thank like, you. Like seriously, but so did everybody then, because like they got it because that's what started the whole. We're not going to get into this. We're saving this With, for like a music look, episode.
0: Listen, you and I are never going to agree on listen, that whole thing. I know because like, you I'm hate not a Led, Led Zeppelin, Zeppelin fan. fan. And when that came out, it was kind of like, of course, of course. I mean, Getting accolades for music they didn't even
1: create. You shut your mouth because they got off. I'll bet they did. (laughs) 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 And so did you,
0: apparently. Robert Plant's curly hair. Oh my god! He is a
1: golden god. (laughs) Shut your mouth. But here's
0: the thing: like, I feel like at least Metallica, like, you cannot say they took music from anybody. Of
1: course not.
0: Because it was shit music in the beginning. Like in the begin, like in the very, very beginning, it was just like it was like nothing anybody ever sounded like nobody ever sounded like them before Mm -hmm. and it was just like going and nobody ever wants to hear this on radio and i mean seriously whether you like them or don't like them at Mm -hmm. the end of the day you still respect them like they stuck it out to the point where they took a genre that nobody even heard of before really and just blew it the fuck up
1: And in that regard, if I'm going to give that same respect to Metallica, which I do, I totally respect them for what they've done for that genre of music, Yes. but you should still respect Led Zeppelin, because without Led Zeppelin, bands like Metallica and other metal bands and heavy bands, because like Sabbath and, and, you know, Led Zeppelin came around all around the same time. So like...
0: Okay, two points to that.
1: Oh my God. Point number one...
0: (coughs) Point number one is you did hear all of the Led Zeppelin songs before they came out, 20 years before they came out. Oh, number shut one.
1: up. You didn't even so know it's that not until
0: number two, you
1: half-read a headline. No, no, no. No, no, no. This has
0: been going on for years and stuff. People have known, but nobody has really brought it out to the forefront until recently. Now it's like just common knowledge that they're thieves. But number two, but number two with the Led Zeppelin thing is... Led Zeppelin's saying they're not, they're bigger than the Led Zeppelin of their generation. Metallica's saying they're bigger than the Led Zeppelin of their generation.
1: What? What are you talking about? <laughs> what the hell? Shut up. Okay, know. anyway, the album that I could listen to for like, the, if I had one album to listen to, and it's not a metal album, but it's Man 2. It's Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds Grinder Man 2.
0: Okay, fair enough. That would be kind of depressing, right? Like, it's depressing, isn't it? No,
1: no, because Grinder Man 2 is like. Actually, no, it's not Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. It's Grinder Man, which is like an offshoot of Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. And that was how I got in. Like, that's how I fell in love with Nick Cave as a writer, a musician, and just an all around muse to my craft of writing. Boo! <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: well, very good, very but good. But Grinder Man <laughs> 2,
1: because it's just so like raw and like. It's like garagey and it's raw and it's sexual and then there's like palaces of Montezuma, which is just like this uplifting, like really pretty song that mentions Steve McQueen, who was like my favorite actor, and it's just like it's so awesome. Like I would listen to that. I listened to that for nine months straight. when after I discovered it? Mm. All right. We'll what about come. you? What would you listen to? It
0: changes so often. It really, really the does. Xanadu soundtrack. Well, I would say it would be up there for sure.
1: (laughs) It would be a choice for Definite. (laughs)
0: That's it. But if I had to pick one, like there is one album that no matter what song comes on, it's like, oh, yeah, I got to get more of that. And then I'll automatically go to, to the iTunes library and I'll just like hit on the album and play the whole thing. And when I say you give me a smirk right I'm now. Not, and I I'm, wish that people could see it. I'll put the camera on your smirk-ass face. I'll let everybody see it because the <laughs> you're waiting for me to say something like no matter what it is, you're waiting to make I know. fun. And after I say it, you're gonna be like going, oh yeah, that would be I'm good." I'm not gonna too. make
1: fun of you. I don't make
0: the very best of the foo fighters.
1: Well, goddamn
0: because how many months in a row do we listen to the best of the Foo fighters? Like it's just on loop, nonstop. And I can go like I can go, like, weeks listening to it and then be, like, "On, all right, I need a break from it. And I could turn it off. I could take a ride to work. By the time I'm out of work, I can have, like, my like iTunes on shuffle. Yeah. And then, like, a song will come up and I'll be, like, oh, Alondria. Oh uh, Let that's... me go back in and just put it back on, like, the Foo Fighters Best Of again. And just, like, I take a break for, like, three hours and I'm back on it again.
1: Dude, Foo Fighters is literally one of the only bands who I will never fast forward when it comes because I listen to Shuffle a lot because I have such like we both do we both have such diverse shit on our on our phones but when when Foo Fighters comes on man I never hit Shuffle or I never hit like next With where sometimes when Nick comes on I'm like I'm not in the mood for this song. Like, because I find that Shuffle, like, brings up the same shit over and over and over and over, like, the same songs. So I'm like, okay, I don't need to listen to, like, Red Right Hand again or, like, O'Malley's Bar or something. But, like, or sometimes I'm just not like, okay, this is too deep. This is too, like, down for me, this one song. But, like, when Foo Fighters comes on, it's just like, yeah, motherfucker, yeah. (laughs) Because Dave fucking Graw. Is that what it is? Is that what it is? All right. Good, good,
0: good. Very good. All
1: right. I'm sorry. I just, like, had a, I just, like, (laughs) (laughs) Woo. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Having said that,
0: well, thank you Brian for that like yeah, interview. We do definitely yeah. appreciate it. Um what do you say we get into a roly poly rody?
3: Roly poly rody.
0: So, here we are, ready for another segment of Roly Poly Rorty.
1: Yes, we are. Week two for you.
0: Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell you right up front, Um, today isn't a good day.
1: Today, yeah.
0: Today is not a good day. It you started have- off as a good day, but... <sighs>
1: You when Now, I was gone for the early part of this week. I went home to Pennsylvania.
0: Lucky you.
1: (laughs) Exactly. From the little tete-a-tete that little Tyler Durden and I had (laughs) in the hallway earlier. But, you know, I was gone for most of it. But when I left you, you know, we had said already that, like, the very first day was really, really bad. And then by Sunday, the day before I left, like, it seemed like you were doing better. And then now all you're talking about is food
0: i know i'm dreaming about food i'm thinking about food like it just doesn't end right now like i don't know what it is um you know it's it's strange if i stay in the apartment and i'm locked in i know like right now how tv is starting to work i'm noticing it more and more like you know Come midnight, it's all the junk food ads that come on and stuff like that. Because they're reaching out to, like, you know, our typical stoner demographic that we like to read. the munchie
1: eaters. (laughs) Yes,
0: a bunch of munch, munch, munchers. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I see, see like, Taco Bell commercials. And I don't even like Taco Bell that much. Like, when I was able to eat whatever I wanted to, it was, I can't. It It was a last resort. Yeah, and it had (laughs) to have been close to over a year since I had Taco Bell. But, man, I see that burrito with the cheese in the middle of it. And I'm, like, going, I would suck that burrito. Like, I seriously would at this point.
1: I get so uncomfortable, like, eating in front of you. You know? And, like, when I went away, I tried to be, you know, I tried to to stay good. Because, you know, like I said, I want to do this together. And I didn't want to go there and be like, I'm going to stuff my face you should have
0: while you could <laughs> <laughs> but
1: like i'm not saying i didn't eat <laughs> but oh, i certainly sure. didn't come home and tell you hey we went here we went here we went here like i usually do
0: well i know what the usual places are <laughs> and seriously it's weird because some things will bo- like trigger me and other things won't oh, there's like, a
1: lot of like the triggering went up like
0: but there are certain things like you eating you know let's say a graham cracker Isn't gonna affect me
1: yeah because you don't like them so i'm like i'm trying to eat things that i know you don't like (laughs) it's not even that so much
0: (laughs) i mean even tyler when she was eating rice like i like rice like i would totally eat the rice stuff that she was eating but it was like going eh i could do without it now it's fine but there are just certain things like i don't know like today we went to the supermarket because we had to buy more carrots and tomatoes and zucchini and because zucchini. you have been
1: eating zucchini like it's going out of style. It's like one of the old few
0: things that I can eat. Like I can make zucchini into like well like you can anyway. I, but I can cook it <laughs> into like a zucchini pasta, and mm-hmm. I can throw like you know, I can have a cup of zucchini pasta, and then I can have you know, let's say a half a cup of mushrooms, mushrooms and a half a cup of tomatoes. And do and you it's enjoy almost that? like a sauce?
1: Yeah, and like it's it seems to me like you you do enjoy that or are you just looking forward to it because it's something that you could just actually chew. chew.
0: <laughs> it's something I could chew. It's not something that it's like going, oh my god, but it is a meal that I definitely look forward to because mm-hmm. it's not a shake, it's not a drink.
1: Right. How and are it, the shakes going?
0: Um I mean, not bad. Thankfully it is definitely a variety of flavors as opposed to in the beginning when we had just chocolate and refrigerator. And seriously, you within were sick 24 of, yeah, hours, you were I was sick. done.
1: And see, I wouldn't be able to do the flavors, like, because you have strawberry um, and gingerbread um, yes. GNC Total Lean shakes.
0: Yes, and it was one other flavor in there as well, too. I you got pumpkin spice. Pumpkin
1: spice, yeah. And
0: I mean, seriously, they all taste different on the first sip.
1: Did you get White Girl Wasted on the pumpkin spice? No,
0: but as soon as <laughs> they go down... They all taste, you know, like kind of the same after yeah. a while because it's that consistent, it's the consistency of it, which I, I feel like messes with my yeah, mind. Yeah,
1: I, I think if anything, I would have to stick with chocolate because I don't, I think it's very hard for someone to fuck up a chocolate flavor. To me, and I just, I automatically just want chocolate. Like, I would always want chocolate.
0: Originally, that's what I thought, too. But seriously, after the first ten chocolate shakes, you're like, all right, I've had enough chocolate to last for a while. Although, as PR suggested last night, I wound up having a chocolate shake, and I was just craving something with a different consistency or just, you know, maybe temperature because – you know the the when i make the vegetables it seems like you can mix a lot of stuff in the vegetable thing mm-hmm. and it, you know like cuz mushrooms tomatoes like it it zucchini yeah but at the end of the day it's still two cups of vegetables Which isn't a lot, yeah. And that's it for the whole entire... Like, there's nothing else coming after that. It's like, like, you "You like that, you're done.
1: If you were able to have four cups of vegetables, do you think that the diet would be easier for you?
0: Yes, I definitely do.
1: Because you could have it for for Uh, lunch lunch and dinner.
0: Yeah, like I think an early lunch and then a dinner. It'll be like going, okay, well, that's not so bad. Mm -hmm. But I'm actually afraid... Because I was thinking about maybe splitting it up and doing a cup for lunch and then a cup for dinner. But I don't feel like... At any point, would it satisfy me? Like I feel like I need to do two cups at a time in order to be satisfying. But um, I don't know, man. It's it's a little bit weird. It's. uh...
1: Do you think that week one went better for you? Like, or do you think because it's been a week now? But like we're starting. Do you think that like it just seems to me like it was easier for you in the first half of the week? Well, I also is think because, there's an
0: excitement level, too. Right.
1: Like, I was going to say, because it's something new, it's a challenge, and now you're just like...
0: Yeah. And and it was like going, oh, like, we're coming up, like, you know, like, <clears throat> it, this operation is really going to happen, so mm-hmm. it's all worth it. Knockwood. Knockwood. <laughs> but then, you know, after a while, you look at it, and you're kind of like going, all right, the operation is going to happen. But, man, like, this is a huge change in lifestyle, going yeah. from, you know... Seriously, no joke. Last week at this time, we would have been, before we got on the air, and it's 9 o'clock here right now, we would have been saying, in an hour from now, when we're done recording, we're going to be ordering, like, a large Sicilian with pepperoni and sausage (laughs) on it. And And that's,
1: like, the fourth time you've mentioned that pizza since I've been home, and I got home 24 hours (laughs) ago.
0: (laughs) But, I mean, it wouldn't come probably until 11 o'clock at night. And we would seriously sit down and eat almost an entire Sicilian pizza. Which is
1: why we're in the place that we're in right now.
0: And it's also a week ago that this was happening. (laughs) And now it's, you know, I had a cup of vegetables today and five shakes. Well, three at this point. I got two more left.
1: And even, and like, you know, not just to like Mario Lopez it, but like, (laughs) (laughs) I... You know, for dinner tonight while you were having your vegetables and stuff, I had, like, a turkey wrap with peppers that, you know, I cut up for you, for you to have. Yes. And stuff. So it's, like, I've been eating, like, tuna fish. And, like, I find myself, like, craving that. And, How like, about eggs?
0: Have you been eating I,
1: eggs? I don't eggs. I don't know. Well, <laughs> because we were reading ahead of some of the things that Tom's going to have to do after this, which we will get into. But I can goddamn tell you that I will not be pureeing egg salad for you because I will. I couldn't even read eat it. eat that. Oh, my God. I, I picture would throw... it would
0: get frothy. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right.
1: <sighs> oh, my God.
0: Before Nikki pukes, let's wrap up this week's Roly Poly Rorty and be prepared for another episode coming next week. And, of course... Story number two is now online, and you'll be able to see new roly poly Rorty stories every Friday. And we're going to hashtag Fitness Fridays. Absolutely. All right, let's wrap it up. Ah, I can't get over it. I still love the intro and outro music for that thing.
1: Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> I hum it all the time. Like I just sit there, and I'm just like... <clears throat>
0: Ugh, my throat still hurts I from doing know. it. Ugh, but anyway, so there we are. Segment number two. Next week is actually Operation Week, the
1: big day.
0: We're gonna actually gonna be recording um, probably like two days early next week.
1: Yes, I because Nikki has no idea oh, how yeah. to do any of the post production. Yeah, or Here any you go, of the Nikki. production. You're Nikki just, doesn't know how to do uh... pre-production. Nikki handles typing things. Once in a
0: while, Nikki will get to do like keywords and show descriptions. And she'll be like, oh, do I gotta? And I'm <laughs> like, true. Jesus Christ, do <laughs> something.
1: True. I'm not going to lie.
0: Meanwhile, I'm sitting there like, you know, on last week's show. And I'm like, uh, "Like, what a little help do here? you think will go good with this? And you're like, I don't know, like Lady Gaga. And I'm like, which one? Like, I know Lady Gaga songs. Like, seriously, come on.
1: Okay, I'm sorry.
0: You got to be there, man. You got to be in the moment.
1: <laughs> I gave it to you.
0: I know. After I much cajoling,
1: I did end up giving it to you, so. Yeah.
0: So, um, I mean, we're coming to a close. I mean, I feel like the show is year number one anniversary show is coming to a close.
1: It is. We're going to have to blow out the candles on the carrot sticks that you can eat. That's not funny. I know.
0: You light my carrot sticks on fire, and I will <laughs> choke you to death at this point in time. I'm like, don't mess with any of my food. Don't touch my food. Don't touch my food. We have a bottle of ranch in the refrigerator right now that just says dad on it so that nobody touches that bottle of ranch because it's fat free. Because everybody would just reach in there and just be like, oh, salad dressing? I'll use it. Where I'm like going, that's treasure to But make. now
1: you have things that are specifically for you instead of hiding things from everybody like we always do.
0: I do kind of like that. I yeah, do it's, like everything's
1: that. out in the open now.
0: Yeah, it's like, don't touch my we're food. We're being
1: transparent with each other and yeah. not hiding things. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. Until you go in the shower and then all bets are off until that water stops. <laughs> Stay away from my carrots. I don't <laughs> care where
0: I am. Stay away from my carrots. <laughs> so um, how about we get into, and I kind of feel sad going into this week's Did You Know? Because it means we're coming to the end.
1: Of the episode, I know.
0: But... Not all things could last forever.
1: Nope. Season two needs to start, man. Season two. What? <laughs>
0: Season two. What? I
1: know. You were it's just crazy. a tiny baby. Now you're going off to like preschool or something. Is that what it was? I don't know. What comes? I don't Whatever. know. Whatever. Whatever it is. No. I don't know. All kids should start when they're ten.
0: Can we just go like from like breast milk to baby food as opposed to Ugh. on to preschool already?
1: You just made my boobs hurt. Let's go <laughs> to Did you know? <laughs>
0: Did you know? All right, this week's Did You Know? Directly back-related to Brian Pascine. Um And it's a little
1: bit about his career. Oh, like a retrospective?
0: Yeah. Super. And this is going off of Wikipedia, so I am sure that there is going to be, <laughs> <laughs> you know, different information out there, but according to brian's wikipedia page as of right now brian and and this includes things that are coming out like soon brian has 29 movie credits
1: oh my gosh
0: 57 television credits
1: did you count all of them?
0: I certainly did. Oh, my. And and don't think it wasn't easy because, I mean... Counting's
1: as, hard, I know.
0: Especially when somebody's talking to you about cats and shit out the <laughs> I window. I not
1: talking about cats.
0: Actually, I think at that point in time you came in and you were talking about, like, uh, something else. I don't know what it was. Because I was just counting and you were like, oh, oh, I know what it was. In the middle of counting, you were like, hey, did you hear that part of the interview when he was like... <laughs> Kind of like, oh, I like the way that question ended or something like that. And I was like, 17, 18, 19. Are you kidding me? Are you freaking? Yeah, I heard the whole interview. All from right. beginning to end, I heard the whole thing. Like all, all the listeners right. heard the whole thing.
2: All right.
0: So besides from the 29 movie credits and 57 television credits, he also had four video game credits, one podcast credit. hmm not to mention his involvement in the Deadpool comics since 2013.
1: Yeah, yeah. He wrote a bunch of episodes of Deadpool. Or a bunch of episodes. What do you a call it? A bunch of episodes. <laughs> a bunch of comics. Issues. issues. Yeah, issues. Yeah. Episodes.
0: And what I find mind-blowing, like, because it's kind of like just putting it in perspective, Brian's career started in 1987, which is the year that I graduated high school. Like, Brian, in the time that I graduated, meaning my career kind of almost started,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and Brian's career started, Brian is Brian,
1: and I'm <laughs> me.
0: Like, I just read down, like, a bunch of gold medals, and then I was like, end with the bronze, <laughs> or just honorable mention is what I do. <laughs> so, I mean, that is amazing to think about like how much you know he has done in like you know the over the last 20 some odd years yeah you know
1: yeah absolutely i mean like he's been in like i mean not just comedy stuff i mean he was in the devil's rejects
0: <clears throat> i know
1: he was in the fantastic four the and- haunted world of el Super Bisto, which is like one of our favorite movies
0: Again, it's like those movies that nobody hardly knows
1: of. But and the it's people like that going, do, like they do, yeah. Like it's <laughs> it's very cultish, like a lot, like and it's it's awesome.
0: And I feel like those <laughs> are the people that we want to be a part of. Yeah, that's and the we group. are a part so, of because we, we, are get part of. We, we get, get it. Because we get it. We get it. And not to mention, like the just mountains I feel like of adult swim stuff he has been on. Like he's been on yeah. Metalocalypse for Christ's yeah. sakes man.
1: Like he <laughs> like wrote a metalocalypse episode which is just like
0: I know. It's just incredible. And so... he was
1: on Friends.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, people know him from different things. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: when you and Brian were starting your careers in nineteen eighty seven and your you know, your collegiate career and Brian's career career. Yeah. I was ten.
0: Oh, is that when you were pooping your pants? <laughs> no, because <laughs> I heard stories.
1: I was three, and <laughs> it is completely appropriate to poop your pants at the age of three in certain situations. I
0: feel like that story has been exaggerated by someone because that age yeah, my changes brother. Constantly, constantly. My brother, I was three. <laughs> I remember a couple of like after parties of you calling up, and I was like, "There's a possibility you might have pooped your <laughs> pants." <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm a habitual pants pooper.
0: <laughs> there are worse things to be in the world, sweetheart. Is there? I guess. All right. So that is this year's final Did You Know?
1: Season one's last Did You Know.
0: Did you know?
1: And on the anniversary of our first show, Tom, let me get the last word in a segment. Holy Shit.
0: Well, I figured maybe we'll do this going forward, because maybe I don't want to talk no more. Maybe I'll just sit here and listen to you.
1: I doubt that, Mario Lopez. Well, we do
0: want it to be a funny show, so maybe I'll continue to chime in every once in a while just to help you out.
1: I'm gonna eat your last two carrots.
0: You better not eat my carrots. I'm gonna do it
1: just out of spite, and then I'm gonna chomp it like and then I'm gonna spit it in your face. If
0: you waste a carrot, I'm gonna waste it. I'm (laughs)
1: gonna waste a carrot. You know why? Because I can.
0: I will eat those scraps off the table at this point in time (laughs) if you did it. That's what it's coming down to. (laughs) God damn it. So, everybody again, thank you so much for making the first year just worth. Coming back to week after week, man. Like, we,
1: yeah, (laughs) we love it. Like, we really, you know, it it is a labor of love, but it's one that, like, man, I don't know what we would do with ourselves if we didn't have the show to, like, for our creative juices to keep them flowing.
0: We'd probably watch, like, a lot of cool movies and go out, like, and roam around the city and, you know, do you know True. things huh. but you know that's fine that we don't because I don't like going outside <laughs> and what <laughs> I'll watch TV until 2 in the morning anyway
1: <laughs> well we just want to say one more thank you to Brian Passane for talking to us this week it was amazing we are so like happy that we were able to speak to you be sure to check out Criminally Passane, which you can find you know everywhere now it's hilarious I highly highly recommend it if especially to hear the story about his son because wow <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. If you want to learn more about the High Regard Show and follow along also with the um, progress of the bariatric surgery, which is in a segment we like to call Roly, Roly Poly Rorty. Rorty. check out our website at HighRegardShow.com. And, of course, you can always send your comments to HighRegardShow at gmail.com.
1: And you can also... Join the fun on all social media channels. as High Regard Show. And we're also going to be documenting Tom's weight loss journey on our Instagram page. So you're going to be able to see, you know, before and after photos and, you know, each weekly progress. Again, everybody, thank you so much. It's been a blast. It really, really has. Thank you so much.
0: See you in season two.